boo. Oh, I be having a thing going on in my shit. I mean, like, it's hot, nigga. Who cares? Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't like, give a fuck about that shit. Oh, I guess it's recording. Hey, we here. We back. Hey, look. Y'all, you know y'all been waiting. I chilled out for a second. I had to paint. The art was calling me. The wood panels was calling me. The oil paint was calling me. It was like, yo, James, get back. Listen. We here. Art and BS podcast. The podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. Broadcasting, recorded from Broadway Studios in Fresno, California. But this time we switching it up. Shout out to Fire Department. We in Studio 25, my nigga. And before I get to the introduction, let me roll back and give some quick shout outs. Shout outs to the Apple listeners. Shout outs to the homies on Spotify. Shout outs to the three niggas on Google Podcasts. Still hold me down. I see y'all. <laughs> Keep it busy. Shout outs to the cats on the web. We love y'all. The support is real. I feel it. Feel free to like our page on Instagram, Art and BS Podcast. My book is still for sale. How we got here. Holler at me if you want that personalized inscription with the womp womp. You know I got y'all. All right, fam, here's what's going down. We here. Studio 25. I've been ducking, dodging. Boo Boo Gallery. Look, get your name right. Get your game right. I've look, I've look, listen, y'all. You guys be on my head like, James, where's the ladies at? You have Michaela. Then all of a sudden there's a fucking drought, nigga. We know there's ladies out here killing it. Get your shit straight. Well, look, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. And today it's supposed to happen. So I'm I'm, going to just go ahead and get to it. We have a phenomenal artist. Now, this artist is not only a painter, but this artist is a sculptor. And this artist does installations. We just, we go, we're going to unpack all of that within this episode, y'all. We're in the Boo Boo Gallery. We chilling here with my fam, Adriana, on the Art and BS podcast. And we got Patrick over in the cuts. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? You can't make him say hi and you're the guest. I don't know. We're all family. Fantastic. But yeah, what's up? Boo Boo Gallery. Boo Boo Flora Gallery, actually. Even though the plants are kind of dead right now. Okay, okay. So, <clears throat> for those who don't know, why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll unpack a little bit about a little bit of that later on. Okay, well, my name's Adriana. Um, if you're the homie, you probably call me Boo or Boo Boo. Um, born and raised in Fresno, Highway City specifically, which is if you know Highway City, then talk to you. I'm a self-taught painter. Been painting for like over 15 years now. Um, see, I mostly do like ephemeral installation art, and I work with sacred plants. I grow sacred medicine, and yeah, I just. Okay. All right. So let's let's stop right there. Now. Let's go all the way back, like on some Quentin Tarantino shit. What was your first memory of art? Not you creating art, but like when you were a kid, like what was the first artistic thing that stood out to you? Mm. I would say cartoons. I grew up on hella old school cartoons. My dad's born in the 40s, so just like very old ass shit. Like, mm. I don't know. So, like Wiley Coyote and just being obsessed with like animation. And okay. Like, just like, you know. Mm. How you can tell a story 
and it doesn't even have to be an intense story. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, my mom, she just always like told me to make stuff, like, cause, you know, I just can't always go outside. Mm. So just like making random things in my yard. And really, like what were you making? Mostly things with like natural, whatever I'd find outside. Like I'd make like uh, miniature farmer's markets. I would just like cut the weeds out in my mm. backyard and like bundle them up and just like set up this whole little shop. Uh-huh. Just do like crazy shit for my Barbies. Wow. Um, and like making clothes and stuff. I've always done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like making books and trying to sell them to my neighbors. <laughs> just, like, I don't know, just so whatever. You were an entrepreneur at an earlier at an early age, from what I'm hearing, and you were also creative outside of drawing and painting at an early age yes definitely like even in school because i wasn't really like the best student Uh um, i would like my first first hustle i would say my first art hustle was like i would draw like little nails on just regular ass binder paper Uh and the girls would buy them and like cut them out and just like glue them on their fingers so they'd have like nail styles you were doing nails back in the day oh (laughs) shit and they were like collage you know so that's hard. That's that and hard. just like drawing, like I would draw like yearbooks and shit. I've always liked to draw people, mm. um, but just like in my own way, mm-hmm. being inspired by cartoons. Nothing really realistic. I never mm-hmm. really did that. Um, and it wasn't until college I started doing like found sculpture. Okay. Um, but up until then, it was just like painting and just assembling things. Mm. So. so now, does the creative gene run in your family? I would say not in the visual sense, where mm-hmm. it's like you know putting things out and putting them in a fine art context but my parents are both really creative um, in their own way like my dad's more creative with like just his lifestyle Mm. and like how he chooses to do things Uh, my mom she's very much just like make whatever you need you know and so I feel like that really influenced my life but I have a lot of family they're not like blood related but they're just like kin that were like painters and like just having neighbors and stuff that would like play music and I just kind of picked up all those things. Like, mm. you know, it wasn't until I was like 14 that I was like, damn, I'm like doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, when you were 14, what type of art were you doing? I was doing like abstract expressionism, which I technically still do, but I was more of like figures, but not completely human figures, and mostly just like fucking around with textures okay. and color and form, just like experimenting. Um, but also, I think I did one. I've only taken a couple art classes, mm-hmm. but one of my first like pieces where I was like, shit, I'm a fucking artist, um, was I did like this Elton John portrait mm-hmm. um, with just like a bunch of tiny dots because I was learning about pointillism. Ooh, so I just okay. like got a sewing needle and like just did variations in size dots. And mm-hmm. That's probably like the most realistic thing I've done. Okay, got you, got you. It's interesting being in your studio and I'm going to tell you something about Adriana family. Okay, it takes a long time to grow an old friend, and you guys have heard me say that on a multitude of episodes. I've been in Broadway Studios for two years, and she and I have been cool for two years. Okay, so we're we're just getting her on the podcast. However, we have a number of experiences together. One of my favorite, is which true. is her cooking at a 420 party we had, <laughs> and she threw down this bok choy. She threw it on the grill. Oh my god, y'all. And then we had the uh the 420 uh the olive oil. We we poured over the bok choy and then she had the little peppers and threw them on the grill. Oh my y'all, let me tell you. Serious, very serious. 
So let's talk about cooking for a second. Are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegan? Like what's your diet consistent of? What's that looking mm -hmm. like? Well, first I'll say that food is also my other art form. Okay. So I like to grow it. I like to teach people to grow it. I like to share it and I like to make it. Um, I don't have like a specific diet. I'll just go through like, because I have a, a spiritual practice that like involves, um, I would call it Sochipatli, which is like flower medicine. Mm. And so I have to listen to certain spiritual things. Um, like tonight's the full moon and I had to do a certain amount of rituals to um, you know, even like get to this point. But um, yeah, I kind of forgot the question about food. Yeah, what I do your food. diet. Like um, My diet. Oh, so okay. I just sometimes I'll fast. It depends on what the ritual is, but most of the time I'll just eat what's available. I mean, I like to eat as clean as possible. I have a maestra, Grandma Betty, and we just kind of go in our gardens and we just pick whatever's fresh and we just make shit from there. Like, mostly I'll eat salads, but okay. I mean, I'm not against eating certain things. Okay, so, okay. Um, I mean, so I technically on, okay, wait, 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 can't nah, have dairy, Stop right there. Nah, nigga. Because you, you talking about some salads. I need you to talk about, like, two of your signature salads that you throw down on because we got a lot of type of people that listen to the podcast. A lot of people really be on their healthy joints. So, so why don't you lace the family with two cracking salad recipes? So my go-to salads, I would say the ones that I make the most are, have to have like at least two kinds of greens, like a spinach or an arugula. Um, Ideally, some like radicchio to get that bitterness. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I try to do like red beans and garbanzo beans Ooh. with, of course, some tomatoes, preferably cherry tomatoes, three colors. I try to get like all the colors in there, a little bit of cabbage. Um, I'll put some grapeseed oil, avocado oil. If I don't have actual avocado, um, but ideally avocado too. Uh, cucumbers, like the Mediterranean ones, the small ones. This Talk is like me shit. and my bougiest. Um, so then I'll put sesame seeds, I'll put sumac, I'll put dry dill, dry mint, a um, little bit of vinegar, hello lemon juice or lime juice, um, radishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then maybe like some bread or something. I'll toast like some bread, make croutons. Okay. Um, that's like my main. And I would say if I would do another one, I don't know, it's just like variations on that yeah. same thing. Yeah, I just she, like, that's the thing. I'm usually not I, I be on people's heads like, yo, that, at, at that level, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I, that will suffice. Family, if, y if you guys can't survive off of that and flip it for a good four or five days, I don't know what to tell you. You might need to go and look up some shit on YouTube or Google or whatever because the game this woman just laced you with is some ghetto gourmet, super high level, five star culinary botanical bliss. So take notes and get that. That's like 10 years of food service. <laughs> but that's also like an important part of my art practice is like, you know, I have a degree in anthropology, but like I just have regular ass jobs, you know? Um, and that's a big part of my art practice is just like being in the mix, you know? Like I love, um, I'm not always like hella talkative, but I love food service because one, I love just food and sharing and like the idea of like, you know, how people come together around mm -hmm. food. Um, but also, yeah, like the history of food, like how, colonization has impacted like how we eat and just like what does that mean now you know and mm. just having access to food like I live in like a what they call like a food desert mm. and there's Talk a lot of those it. yeah there's a lot of that in Fresno and so just to be able to um, sustain myself I mean I don't always eat like hella healthy you know like I don't know I had lasagna today but that's also because I was like I don't that's have no tasty. money <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I think that's an important part of art. And I think all art and just people in general are, are political. So if you can feed yourself um, in any way, I think that matters, you know, and that's artistic as well. Like I love to cook as, you know, you said, like we did it for 420. But even just in general, like making food and sharing it, like that's an art form that I think gets, I mean, unless you're hella down and you like have grown up doing like barbecues and stuff like that, um, it can get real bougie and it can be like really exclusionary. But that's part of my like ephemeral installation art is being in the alley and just like grilling some carne asada, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. or some veggies, yeah. whatever we have, you know, real and making something roots. out of nothing because that's. I mean, that's the Fresno artist way is like we make shit from whatever we have. Mm-hmm. And You know, what's interesting is, so I'm sitting in your studio and at, behind you is a wall of, you know, plant life and it's hanging inverted. And it's interesting because you have on two sides of the wall, you have roses. And I got the roses that I painted in a still life study I got them from you. You gave me a bundle of roses and I hung them upside down in my studio and I painted those. So it's interesting that I'm sitting in here and I'm looking, <clears throat> excuse me, at these roses. So it kind of, it, it's it's like, um, you know, I'm kind of having a moment of deja vu. Can you talk about your love for plants and how it is either stayed the same or evolved over the years? So my love of plants was something that I didn't even realize until I moved back to Fresno um, because I lived in San Francisco for a while. But I had always just been like doodling this idea of like my garden, my dream garden, Mm -hmm. um, and just living like within my own ecosystem. And so like growing up, yeah, I fucked around with plants, but I didn't realize till I got back to Fresno that, um, yeah, just being like living where I live and, you know, not having... um, just being like depressed you know so Mm. I started planting things I started going to the ramate and just like meeting plant people like pulling over the side of the road and just like talking to people and eventually I got a maestra grandma Betty um, who she's been growing medicinal herbs for the west side since like the 50s you know and she's um, her roots are in Louisiana and Arkansas so she's Mm. very very deep in in the power of plants and their medicine and so I had been doing or working with plants maybe like two years before I met her But yeah, my love of plants has definitely evolved because it's more of um, like a spiritual practice, like I said before, and it's not so much like using them for their beauty, like yeah, they're beautiful, but it's more of like learning their lessons and learning how like plants go through cycles, just like humans, you know, they go to seed, they they seemingly die, but they always come back, you know, and they're seasonal, They, they roll with the punches, and so... I would say, yeah, my love has evolved from being, like, more of a a vain, like, straight medicinal thing to, like, oh, shit, like, this is a fucking spirituality. And the people that I meet through that are straight from God, straight from, like, Mother Earth, you know. And now, yeah, I mean, you can tell some of these are fake, too. A lot of these are from a music video we're doing. Shout out my homegirl, Naomi. Yeah. I'll give you her info. You can post it. But yeah, like this rosemary right here was mm-hmm. from a friend. She lives in Kingsburg, mm. or no, Reedley. And this just grows at her house and she brought it. So like it's another layer of art for me now is like loving these plants. But like people bring me plants now or like, like right now these are kale seeds. So like if people come through like and they need some seeds, like they just, you know, oh, it's become like a, 
just its its own thing, and I don't even really know what to call it. Mm. But um, I just know that like that's my honesty and truth is like being just around plants and like respecting them in a deep way. Okay. Um, but that's something I had to learn just through, you know, meeting elders and and shutting the fuck up and listening to what the plants have to say. Yeah. So yeah, it's evolved for sure, and I hope it stays evolving. It will. Um, and I think the like collective consciousness is opening up towards um, not only seeing plants as like you know just something for you that you pick so you can eat and have nutrients and like live your best life, but really like a symbiotic relationship. Well, you, you know what's interesting is there's a steady scientist are saying like if we don't go vegan, the earth is gonna die. Like because of the carbon footprint that you know just cows put in and just all the animals and just all the the technology and machinery that goes into creating, you know, sustainable, you know, poultry and beef and shit like that, like, that's just not cool. So eventually at some point, niggas might have to make that switch. I'm not doing it for, dude, I'm not giving up hot wings for another 10 years on the fuck. Um, can you Just raise the chickens yourself. Mmm. And use their shit as fertilizer. Okay. And you're good. Okay. You know, what's interesting is I was listening to a, another podcast who we're not going to name on this podcast, and you were on there, and you said some shit that was like the the most gangsterous quote ever. You said... I'm kind of scared to know now. You said, plants don't got no obligation to you. That's true. Plants don't give a fuck. Like, they'll die on you like nothing, you know? You, you talked about respect. mint blooming and like... A person looking at the blooming cycle and it being visually appealing in one part and certain plants being more potent in a, in a part of their cycle, which isn't as visually appealing, right? So, I'm like, man, lady knows her shit, you know, and we know that, however, for the family... You know, one thing that I really want to unpack and I want to talk about, because one, one thing that I admire about you, probably like top two qualities and something that I am looking to adopt more is like how you do work with the community and how you like, you, you really be giving back on some another level shit. So can you talk about some of the work that you've done and that you're doing with the community? Thanks for saying that, because... That's, like, the most important part of my art practice and, like, my existence in general is just that um, I'm just really grateful to be able to see the world the way that I do and be as, like, hopeful. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm learning that I don't know what the word is for it yet, but just being not afraid to openly express the world that I want to see mm-hmm. and, and just the, the way I see shit. It's like I used to feel, like, embarrassed or just some type of way, you know, because people kind of tease you when you're weird growing up. But, um, so yeah, I appreciate that. But the work I've done, um, well, right now, I'm going to say it again, but, because I'm hella proud, but, um, just being at the airport, I mean, it's not really, like, a community thing, but, like, putting myself out there has been, like, a struggle, because I'm, like, kind of shy, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, so just, like, So if you guys are traveling, and you're in Fresno, check her out at the airport bus down C. Listen, y'all, this is serious. I, I say this, there's two types of artists. There's those who do the shit, and there's who really do the shit. This is the latter and not the former, okay? So, it, it ain't no game, we live this. And I wanna let you guys know that like, not everybody can come up here. We have very high standards and we only get 
the creme de la creme of the people who really live it like and yeah it's nice you can dabble but like when i look and this woman like when i first met her i didn't know she was doing these kind of installations i thought she was a painter right and then next thing you know boom like things are just changing she would do different installations at our hop and like you know things were just every month it was something crazy and i'm like damn nigga all you doing is rearranging your paintings like her shit is different <laughs> so you know for me i'm always looking and i can learn somebody from everybody we, we can all learn something from every artist you know and i'm i'm a firm believer in the practice of you're only as good as the people you surround yourself around so if you're around somebody who's coming with different shit every month and their shit's like you could tell they've been grinding and if they haven't been grinding at their studio they're doing a mural somewhere or they're fucking teaching a class or they're doing some of their fucking personal projects they got going on it's just like man that's that motivation because a lot of times as artists we feel like we're alone because like it's just you and whatever you're working on but then in in this particular you know vicinity having people who are working as hard or even harder than me is definitely motivating and the fact that it's a different practice there's a multitude of layers to your practice um i don't even think it's about like better or like good or like striving for anything i think it's just like Honestly, the only thing with art is, like, you literally just have to follow your imagination and, like, believe in the shit that comes to your mind. And, like, it's one thing to have ideas. Like, everyone mm -hmm. has ideas, but it's the action behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing, like, um, it's that it doesn't have to be some, like, huge written-out thing. Like, it can just be, like, this is how I feel today and these are the resources that are available to me. And just go for it, you know? It's just literally following your imagination. It's not even, like, I mean, I guess to some extent it's a work ethic, um, but you just have to be dedicated to, like, your imagination. That's all. So when you decide I'm going to go this particular direction, like, with my particular, with my art. Because right now, folks, you guys can't see, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like, she the, this new project she has is, like, she's deconstructed these pieces of cardboard and reconstructed them into, like, these living habitats and environments. You know, so my question for you is like, we, is it, and it sounds corny, like, oh, I just feel this way or oh, I just feel that way. But like, how do you discern, like, I'm working on paintings now or I'm working on like sculpting now or I'm working on, you know, um, doing installations now? How do you, how do you differentiate and like um, decide when you want to go down any given path? I just listen to myself and like my body like what does my body want to do does it like want to move and like paint a mural and that's how it is today like that's why I showed up like all random because I hadn't been here in a while um but yeah I just listen to my intuition like that's part of my practice is just fucking listening to like what is around me without any stimuli and I try to do like five different things at once just because my mind is going in different directions and I need to satisfy certain feelings mm. and everything I just see it as like notes so if I'm working on a mural this becomes like notes in color and form and texture mm. and so Talk these are shit. like yeah they look very like you know stimulating but they're mostly just me fucking around like playing because playing is such a huge part of it like they're not glued down because I always need them to move mm. I need to remember that things can move and if I don't like it I'll just change it I'll, you know I think that's, you know, it's literally a practice. 
So um, that's why there's all this different stuff. You know, I need to be seeing things. I need to be touching shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. Okay. All right. One thing that I talk to everyone about, and you are not exempt, Miss Adriana, is Wu Tang Clan. Okay. So on a scale from one to ten. Where would you rate yourself, like, how would you rate yourself, like, in the fan, in Wu-Tang fandom, where would you say you are? I would say because I know the extent that some people love it, I can't compare. Okay. So I'm going to say, I don't know, because then I'm like, don't make me name anything, because I can't name anything okay. off the top of my head. Plus, we've been drinking wine, so. Shout out um, to Adriana for the wine. <laughs> I will say I'm like a solid five. Okay. I like that. I can respect that. So who, okay, musically, who would you say were some of the bands and or musicians who raised you? Who raised me? Yes. Can I, okay, let me see. And race could be any age, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a big fan of the Spice Girls. That was like a very important group for me growing up. Um, my dad was born in the 40s, like I said before, so mm -hmm. I grew up on oldies. Mm. And just like, even like shit like Loretta Lynn, like I fucking love Patsy Cline and Loretta Lynn. But just growing up on, yeah, just your your standard oldies. My family's Mexican, so like, I don't know, just Shout always like mariachi. Shout out to the Latino community. Just like mariachi music and, I don't know, just... My siblings, they're, like, pretty hardcore, so, like, we would get ready to school. I was just telling my friend this, like, huh? my mom's deaf, so, like, she didn't really listen to music. Um, but, yeah, we would just be, like, getting ready for school, listening to Tupac, and, like, my mom, did, you know, she's like, I don't know, I can't hear it. Mm. Um, so my siblings grew me up on that, like, Bone Thugs, NWA, and that. But when I was, like, I remember it being in maybe fourth grade, mm. and I heard Blink-182, and I was like, this is my shit. <laughs> I was like, this is who I am. That's, okay, I felt okay. so weird the whole time, you know, in my life, yeah. and I didn't know. And then I later on, like, just, you know, I like, like, various bands, like, and it got more, like, punk rock as I got older. Uh -huh. um, but then I heard, like, Pavement in high school, and, like, Pavement's one of my favorite bands of all time, mm -hmm. like, The Cure. Um, but also, like, I love Ella Fitzgerald. I love Billie Holiday. Mm. Like I said, Patsy Cline. Mm -hmm. Just, like, all those, I don't know. Women yeah. who weren't afraid to express like all of their range of emotions. Um, yeah. And yeah, now I would say I really like Jay Electronica. Okay. He's like my favorite rapper. You need to make an album, that nigga tripping. I know. <laughs> For real. What else? Jay, what else if you hear this, make an album, quit tripping, man. But also understandable. I wouldn't want to yeah, shit uh, I don't know, but it's like at this point. I just look at it like this. Okay, you have people like Jay Electronica. There's people who've made a career and came from nothing to something in the time that we've been listening to Exhibit C. You know, so it, it, for me, I mean, yeah, but shit, come on, man. Come on, bro. Like, the fans, it, there, there comes a point in time, like, you gotta give back to the world. Yeah, like, fuck what you're going through. Give back to the world. Like, music needs that shit. And see, the thing about art, and I'm sure you can attest to this shit, is there's the struggle. There's, like, success and there's failure, right? So, like, where is your success? Where is your, like, the success was us all loving you 
And then there was no you making whack shit for us to be like, oh, fuck this nigga. He just never made nothing. Like, and like everything he made, we felt that shit. And then it was like, oh, y'all, okay, I got a rich chick. I'm going to go and tour the world and just, like, be cool. Like, come on, man, fuck out of here. But nigga. think about it. Like, I mean, I don't like to be rushed on my shit, and I don't want to feel obligated. Like, that's part of being okay. an artist, too, you know? I mean, unless you're going to be, like, a commercial artist. But, I mean... I make art without intention of ever making money. And, with the exception of murals, okay. you usually yeah. don't, at least you in just, my case. Okay, but look, fam, you just said that I make art. So you're giving to the people, though. You're not just sitting in the closet at home. Fam, every month you come in with something new. And if you're not coming with something new, you somewhere impacting lives. You on the ground. So you saying that, but you always putting out mixtapes. If you're a rapper, Adriana, you got a new mixtape every month. Your SoundCloud is lit. I do write poems, I will say, <laughs> that I'll never share. But I would say, yeah, maybe I'm like a light rapper. <laughs> See? That's, so that's, that's all I'm saying is like, if you're an artist, make art. Like, if you're a baker, bake some fucking cakes. Like, do whatever it is that you do because that's what we love you for. And I, that's, that's all I'm saying. And I get it. Nobody likes it. I don't like to be rushed. But you know what? I rush myself. And not everybody operates like James does and not everybody should. But at some point in time, like... If if I come to your house and I'm starving, right, and you only got some crackers, you're going to give me those crackers even though you can't make me a full seven-course meal just because it's like, dude, he's starving. Like, let me, get, let me let this nigga eat. So, like, in not doing that, I just feel like he's being super creative. He's selfish on a creative level, man. And you got people <laughs> like... You know, Griselda Records. Those motherfuckers came out, blew up, and got three niggas who all have killed shit in a time where Jay Electronica hasn't done shit. You know, new niggas who have been around the same. Like, Action Bronson has hella albums. Oh, I love Action Bronson. He raps about food. How could I not love him? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, dude, come on, Jay. Put some shit out. Put some shit. Like, these niggas are making their legacy, and your legacy is five songs. Like, come on, man. And I get it, like, yeah, sure, It's it, there's like a quantity over quality thing, but at the end of the day, if you're an able human being and you're able to create art and you're just not doing it because of how you feel, then I can't, I can't rank you, uh, even though I really, I really like Jay Electronica shit. Yeah, I'm like I the do. shade, because I feel like if I don't, if I'm not in the mood, okay. like, fuck it, you know? Yeah, but how much have you done though, fam? Like, see, that's what I'm One saying. One extra, and I'm a Capricorn, so it's different. See, like, you got so many, like, yo, James, what, yeah, I'm slinging plants. Holler at me. <laughs> I got to, like, I just told, the, hey, before we start the podcast, I said, I have an aloe vera. I have an aloe vera plant. It's so big, it knocked itself off of my windowsill. I got it from this woman. So, I mean, like, she's hustling. She's making art. She's giving back to the people. So, like, while you're saying... I don't fit like yeah, but every time I see you, you give him back. I just think that um, if you like, I don't know, you have a responsibility if you recognize it, and I just, I don't know, I like being around people, and I Can like sharing. I mean, in this way, not all the time, but in this way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know what? And here's my thing about this podcast is, you know, we do it for a different, a few different reasons. You know, we like to inform, and you are the first artist who actively does installations on here. So can you talk more about 
how you made the transition into getting into installations outside of your own studio or your own, you know, workspace and, um, you know, give the people some more insight into how that works. Um, well, how it started was I wanted to be a sculptor, like, while I was pretty much going to get my bachelor's. Mm. I didn't take, well, I took, like, one sculpting class, but I wanted to do anthropology because I wanted to be informed of, like, how people relate to their environment. Mm. And so that's just kind of how I approach things is it has to stimulate the five senses. Uh And I was trying to find a way that painting could do that, and it wasn't doing it for me. And Uh even, like, um, traditional um, sculpture wasn't doing it for me. So I started gathering things on the street and started just creating spaces because I've always just moved shit around, you know, and it feels good. I've always placed things and known that... um, I didn't learn the language till later, but, like, where you put shit is calculated, you know? Mm. Like, you choose to do it, whether it's aesthetically, but also the more you, like, think about it, the more you can get into, like, color, form, balance, all the elements of a painting, but it's a living space. Mm. And I don't like the idea of art being... I mean, obviously, I'd like people to buy it because I would like to have some money, but when I think about it on a grander scale, um, I'm... I'm, like, for anti-capitalism, you know, and I know, like, some people think it's nuts, but, like, I don't know, I don't think you should have to buy anything, and I want to shift how people think about stuff. It's more of, like, a lifestyle. It's how do you choose to live your life? Do you reuse things? Do you um, create these moments and be present? Because the whole point of installation is to be present in this moment. Mm. And so my art has become something not that you can buy, but something that you can only experience. Like, y'all have paintings and stuff, and that's kind of my notes for creating space, but ultimately like I identify as an installation artist because I want people to know like you either show up or you don't you know and if you don't it's okay we'll do another one but part of the the important part of it is like you experiencing it you know Mm. and so like people can take photos and whatever it exists digitally but if you didn't show up like you can't really like tell like how that fruit tasted or smelled or like what was playing in the loop or I'm always coming in here grabbing some fruit y'all Hey, Adrienne, what's up with one of them tangerines? Hey, let me borrow. Yeah, let me borrow. Hey, how are you going to borrow orange, though? I am that dude. Hey, let me borrow orange real quick. Yeah. For my still life. <laughs> okay. But it becomes deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm going to keep going a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, no, no. Please do. I'm sorry. I really interrupted. Because a lot of my, um, like with installation, it's not just like a one specific space. It could be like a knowledge share or like what some people would call a workshop. But just sharing that, I feel like, is the next step of art. It's like, yeah, you can make stuff and it's visually stimulating, mm-hmm. but, like, so what, you know? Mm-hmm. If, I don't know, I just feel like if you're free with art, it's your obligation to show others that they can be free through art or just play, you know? Mm-hmm. In this society, like, we, especially the older you get, you know, it's, like, looked down upon to, like, just fuck around, just play, like, exercise your imagination. Like, you know, people are coming out now with their, like, you know, mental health issues and, like, it's on topic now and, like, people are, you know, okay with talking about it, but I feel like the next step in that is, like, not, you know, medication. It's, like, growing a garden or, like, going out and just, like, participating, even if it feels uncomfortable. Like, there's a difference between a party where you show up and go and an installation. An installation is, like, a small, it doesn't have to be small, but I like to do it, like, small, very intimate, like, small things. You have to go up and, like, really be in the moment. Like, you don't have time to worry about if anyone's there, like any social anxiety, you know? So it becomes a medicine in itself. And it's all come from like, I don't know, I just think like, how would I want to feel when I went out, you know? I would want to just be seeing little shit and being like, oh, this is cute, and like touching it. Like, I think you should be able to touch 
art. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just nice to see people interact because you never know how the space is going to go. You know, some kids can show up. I had one, like, flower installation where we just had, like, bowls and just, like, little things. And this kid ended up making this person out of roses, you know, and just, like, stuff like that. It's, like, mm. that kid does not have to go to art school because he just fucked around that one time in your studio. And you were, like, that looks great. That's hella cool. Yeah. And that's it, you know. Um, I am in the field of, like, academia somewhat, kind of. Um, and I do, like, the workshops with young people. But I think that's just like paying your dues, you know, like be that person that you wanted to be when you were coming up, especially if you don't have family who makes art because you just feel hella weird or like maybe at least for me, it was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but it comes a point where you make that decision to do it. And then when you get and I feel like every 10 years, you got to check in like, all right, am I still in this shit? Because it's, you know, it's different because like I always say like being an artist is the hardest job to have because like literally no one gives a fuck if you are or not. You know, no one's telling you to show up. No one's telling you, hey, you know, just listen to what that dream told you and write it out and just really think about it and try to express it, you know, using these principles. And no one tells you that. It just sounds hella fun, you know, and it's a challenge. And and I think now part of after doing this for so long, like it just makes sense to share it. And the plants, too. Like, I don't own any plants, you know, like I don't really... I don't know, I just like steward them, you know, just take mm -hmm. care of them. Going back to the projects that you asked me, I used to run like an organic garden at the juvenile hall uh -huh. for these young men, a couple of young girls, but it was weird, the ratio of it. But yeah, just stuff like that. Like, I think that's an installation art project as well, even though it's not, I mean, in a sense, it's ephemeral, like short lasting. So how did you get into that in the whole juvenile hall um, system? How you oh, um, it was kind of random. This girl I met just like being out, just like, I don't know, doing shit, you know, just being in the mix. Um, mm -hmm. We ended up hanging out, and then she had this friend who was a social worker. It turns out I was friends with her brother from high school. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, oh, like, Adriana's like doing plants and shit at her house, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then um, she invited me, and like, it's this nonprofit that they work for. I, I don't do it anymore because, I don't know, it's just, it's a very, like, intense thing to be a part of yeah. but like they brought me in and I was there for like a year and a half mm. and I just yeah I just got shit donated they gave me a little bit of money after a while but um, we just talked about you know like the healing power of plants and we did some art stuff too we painted a mural um, I brought you know our friend Rich and I brought him in to talk okay. to them shout out um, to Rich <laughs> yeah, we hey Rich if you listen nigga sell me something I always hit you up yo man what's up how much is that and you be running from the money nigga sell me something alright continue <laughs> I forgot oh and now. also if you guys have mental health issues maybe you should start a garden something else thinking about because you said that and I was thinking about, because mental health is super prominent right now. Maybe you should start a garden. And like, at least just acknowledge, sorry, I cut you off, but I'm like, this is my show, dude. I thought I was going to talk more. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but just like that you can heal yourself, like what you have inside of you already is enough. And just like listen to what like stimulates you, you know, what makes you feel like a kid again. And I know I get a lot of shit for being childlike, but that's how I stay grounded is like just remembering, you know, all the shit you've gone through to make it to this point. Isn't and like probably an artist. Yeah. Is being, embracing your inner child. Yeah. And, and the idea that, you know, some people aren't artists is, 
is ridiculous because like it, all it is is toning in or honing in, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, into that like sense of yourself. Well, and there's different types of art too. Like you can cook and you can be like, I, I am a firm believer of there are different types of art and creative is just creative. Like, you no, know, like you can be a poet, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't feel like somebody like, if you put John Coltrane and fucking Langston Hughes in a room, like one is not better than the other. They both are raw motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So it's like people are creative no matter what. And creative people always, it seems like a lot of times the things that you're saying, we a lot we feel like we money is a necessity, but we don't all, we're not like, we're not driven by filthy lucre. You know, we're not driven by, like, the the dream of us as Scrooge McDuck diving into our bank and, like, swimming through gold coins, you know? I mean, you like, could be that kind of artist if you wanted. Like, there's definitely successful artists that make a lot mm-hmm. of money, but I think it's just a difference in, like, philosophy of, like, why do you create art and, like, mm-hmm. what is your goal of it, you know? Because a lot of stuff is not, um, you just can't buy it, and that's, that's just it, you know? it's It can only be appreciated trying to touch the intangible okay and I think yeah that's like where art's at you know we talk about the world ending and it's like yeah we can't keep producing paint we can't keep doing all this shit that we do especially as artists like we're the most wasteful like we gentrify neighborhoods you know like we're we are complicit in all this shit Mm -hmm. and that's another reason why installation art with plants is important because it's like use this shit around you and also have respect for it at the same time Mm -hmm. because we're at a point where we need an intense cultural shift like yesterday Mm -hmm. and i think that's the state of art right now is like yeah painting is beautiful and wonderful um, but there's a lot of artists out there using like just native techniques especially like you know mesoamerican artwork is like what I'm interested in so mm. there's a lot of artists in LA that you know use um, they do like, like the textile that but also just making their own pigments um, okay with lime and like cochineal mm. is like the the little bug that's yeah. like fungus on the uh, nopal yeah you know things like that things that like the native Mesoamericans did um, yeah. making art growing indigo which is but like I feel like that's Africa. the highest level like honestly for me that's like the only thing I'm not doing is is mulling my own paint when you have that pigment and you put that fucking oil down and you just ah you know like that shit that that is like the, I feel like that is the highest level of making art because you're making your own paint and then you're using what you've made to make something else. Like, oh my god, that yeah, it's it's so beautiful to me. I'm sorry, continue. I forgot. Yeah, no, but that was yeah, good. I'm, I'm really bad. That's how at, I like, feel. Mm. So, um, contemporary art, we're operating in this space, and you said something about gentrification. And that's the first time that word has come up on this podcast. And I would like to kind of go more into that because what I thought was like, as artists, things are being gentrified around us, but I feel like we're more... The, the the line that just came to my head was I was going to say we're more documentarians of the gentrification, but I feel like that's not always true. In some cases, maybe artists may there are some artists that only serve to perpetuate that gentrification yeah i i would say like if you think about the just like the time frame of how things happen um artists we're traditionally not saying that you have to be but traditionally we're on the lower end of the income spectrum Uh. and so to be able to afford certain places a lot of times they're like 
you know, low income, mm. least desirable communities. And so by moving in and like putting up murals or like, you know, just putting street art up, like we start to, we change the situation. We change the atmosphere, we change the environment. And so people who are investors or social capitalist collectors, like they're going to come in and be like, that's cool. Um, I want to be a part of that. Or like, oh, I'm an artist. I can't afford shit, but this seems, you know, there's people like me. And so then you get, um, poor people and artists living together and then eventually you know some rich person decides that like oh this is you know profitable they mm. don't have you know well, I don't think they care about grocery stores but like they don't have a liquor store or they don't have um, you know a CVS or whatever Yeah. and so they put these things in and then slowly like other people are like oh it's not so bad they cleaned up you know they cleaned up the homeless people like some just real bougie shit and then or they someone notices the potential you know mm. Um, I'm putting that in quotes because that's like I think it's bullshit Um, but yeah also that's my conundrum being an artist is like I have my studio here I mean I live on the other side of town but like even though this place has been here before like they took out the Fulton Mall and all of that um, I still believe that we're complicit you know because people come to Art Hop and like they want a vibe and like we give it to them you know Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like the rest of the day where it's like I don't know about you guys, but it's a struggle to pay my rent every month here, yeah. you know? And it's like, that's a lot. And you have to pay for this, like, artistic freedom, which is, like, a different level, which also is, like, I don't know. It's just a lot of fucked up shit at the same time. But at, I don't know. It's, it makes it, me feel some kind of way. Yeah. you. It's crazy because, like, in the one breath, you will get, like, you'll get the person who, hey, I want to be in a creative space where people are artists so I can take pictures and make myself seem more cool and educated, you know, and sophisticated than I normally am because I'm around artists, right? Because I'm taking a picture in front of, you know, whatever it is or um, us alongside of X, Y, Z. Um, my my thought process to, or like my question is, like how do, how does the person who's from the hood, who's grinding, get that level of like I don't respect as equal dollars so how do you how does the person who's from the hood who's grinding take advantage of the gentrification that's happening around them well I have roots in West Fresno already because my dad grew up Mm -hmm. here um, and I know how artistic the history of Fresno is Mm -hmm. Um, my dad grew up fixing jukeboxes in the 1960s right here (laughs) off 8th street when all the Mm -hmm. it was just all black juke joints Mm. and him being Latino and like his homie was like a jazz drummer my dad's job was to fix pool tables Mm. Um, and so he'd be there you know like 17, 16 um, fixing pool tables and his friends you know back then it's like people are waiting in line to to jam right it's a jazz jazz club and because of our situation in Fresno it's the same with like punk rock and hip hop right and even like I don't know whatever other genres but like we're halfway in between LA and San Francisco so we get a lot of people passing through and so my dad just always has told me stories of, like, you know, downtown is where it's at. And we grew up coming here, the Fulton Mall, like, yeah, you know, all cracking. this stuff. And there's, like, JNC House of Records. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it has this history that I don't think many people know about anymore. Because Bloomingdale's was a Fulton Mall, right? I don't know. Yeah, my grandma took me there. It was, that's where that phallus is, and it went down. And I remember my grandma took me there because she lived, you know, in West Fresno. And there was this cartoon. I don't remember the name of the cartoon, but it was a family, right? And it had like 
it was crazy because it was like a family and they all had like bionic powers but like they had like an adopted son that was black and like an Asian daughter and shit and my grandma took me there and I remember looking for these action figures because she was hey you know you can get one thing I'm thinking let me get one of these motherfuckers you know so I always our studio is here not three blocks from that motherfucker and every time I walk by there that memory of grandma you know like surfaces in my heart and when I hear you say those sort of things like it just lets me know that I'm not the only person who has these like deep-rooted memories there's a lot of us and I think um well I know that like when this whole controversy was going down of putting the full tomorrow or not mm -hmm. um the whole argument was nobody uses the mall mm -hmm. and like as an artist I definitely I reacted artistically because I had just moved back from San Francisco and I'm like uh. what the fuck you know we could be on the map for being the number one green space in the United States instead of the drunkest funkin' city or like you know meth capital of the world it's like we could have been known for this beautiful <laughs> green space that mm -hmm. like anthropologically is fascinating mm -hmm. socially is fascinating like yeah. it's just a beautiful spot and if you grew up there you would know but because we have a lot of people coming in because of gentrification um and and seeing you know fulton mall as like this gold rush um and just not acknowledging that there was a whole ecosystem of people there before mm -hmm. like i remember being a kid and going to mammoth mall and there was like all these korean women who like you know had their little boots and spoke like the best fucking spanish i've ever heard you know mm -hmm. and so like those things it's like those are gems to people like us who grew up on the mall and I, I you know everyone I know that grew up on the mall has these amazing stories but to hear people say who aren't even from here be like oh well no one uses the mall it's like it you just don't value the people that are here because I'm looking around there's there's a family that I won't say who they are but they grew up in Highway City that they have three businesses that lived this whole time and they're Latino like yeah so to say that people weren't there, and honestly, that takes a lot of business savvy to mm -hmm. like still stay in business even mm -hmm. when it's not popping. Latinos be hustling downtown, boy. Yo, for real. Get and so dresses. that's why, like, and there, it's just a bunch of shit. And so to say, like, they literally were erasing like identities, you know, and memories, mm -hmm. like you're saying, yeah. you know. And to say that people nice. didn't go there, it's like, nah, it's just not your your type of people, I guess. But um, I even forgot the question, but. Oh, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. By having those memories and seeing, like, what the fuck? Like, I made the like the deliberate decision to move back to Fresno from the Bay Area. Like, I had family things, and, like, it just was my priority. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be making art anywhere. It doesn't matter. And I didn't get a studio right away. Like, I didn't have any art friends for the longest time, you know? I was just making shit in my house. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got a space here maybe, like, a year later because my friend had a space here. Okay. And, I mean, it was, like, a whole year of, like, I'd be in here doing art hops alone and no one comes in, no one talks to me, you know? And it's, like, that's cool. I'm just trying to put myself out there, you know? Yeah. But um, on the other side of it, like, having a space and why I even do have a space here is because I've been able to reach a lot of people that I'm very passionate about, like, young people specifically. Um, having young people come in and be, like, I want to have a show here mm -hmm. and working something out. And it's something about seeing your own artwork on walls mm -hmm. and people coming in, you know, with these four walls and it's a space it's the same as an installation and then you see someone feel like good about themselves and Man. they feel relevant you know and it's like that's where I see art that's the role of art in my opinion is like I can make whatever like I can do whatever I need to make I'll figure out a way to make it but like to choose not to do that and like I don't know just do something that is for someone mm -hmm. else because someone gave me a chance you know mm -hmm. I feel like that's yeah. 
That's yeah, what I, I mean, like, I've seen it when you give those kids a shot and, like, they have, they come in here and they bust down the whole wall and then they're feeling like they're eight feet tall. Like, man, you can't tell them nothing. And I'm like, whoa, like, you're young and you've had this boost of support and self-confidence now that you've been up. And, you know, because they're like, because they feel like, and the beauty is, like, they, it, for them, it doesn't matter, like, everybody like now that i'm in here i'm on the same level like you can't tell me shit like and for a kid the thing about kids is like them learning at a young age that they can do the shit and they don't have fear that's like um that's uh that's a level of inspiration that's like not really you can't put a price on that and i've seen you do it and you know, talking to the young kids and you know their parents and stuff. It's definitely it's inspiring. Um, so is that something that you? Because it's like across the board. I'm seeing you. You. It's like I work with the juveniles. I'm giving kids shots to do their own art shows. Like, is it? At what point? Like, at what point did it click for you in your head? Like this is really what's calling me to bring on, like, because it takes a village to, you know, make anything really pop. And I feel like you allowing people a, as corny as the word, air quote sounds, platform to show their art or like to even create a garden and, to, you know, get some of that, that, that fog off their chest and just, you know, be free for a second. Like, when, when did that happen? Was there, like, a defining moment for you? I can't say there's, like, a defining moment. Like, I definitely went through, like, moments of, like, just not knowing, like, what my purpose is or, like, uh. why, um, why I do the things I do. I'm like, why can't I just be a fucking normal person who gets, like, an office job and just, like, shuts the fuck up and does their thing? Um, so it took a lot of years, and, like I said, it's not a defining moment, but it was just, like, fuck, like, I'm doing all this already, and... And it brings me joy. And, like, I don't know, I just realized one day or noticed that, like, I don't know, it just makes me happy to, like, see people, like, do their thing, you know? And, like, not feeling good all the time, feeling kind of, like, having bouts of depression and, like, bouts of mania. Like, there's times where, like, if I feel bad, like, I just, I just want to pay it forward because I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back around for me one day. Um, and I may not feel like living for myself right now, but I'm going to give up a little bit. You know, pay your dues a little bit. It's like ebbs and flows. And so, I don't know. I just, it just feels good. Um, but also, I recognize that, like, I wouldn't have anything without other people. Mm. Like, I don't believe in individualism at all. Mm. I think that's a farce. I think it's a lie that this society has told you to believe. Because none of us, we can't even learn to talk without another person, you know? Mm. And so, to think that we can make art without, like, we're constantly taking an influence. So whatever you've done has been done a thousand times just in a different way and I think that the gifts you get from the universe and like practicing gratitude I guess that's where I started right is like noticing it's a gift and it's a gift of that you should be grateful for um, then I decided okay well if I want to keep this gift I have to share it because mm. if you anytime you accumulate too much of anything it becomes a problem right and like I said I don't believe in individualism I don't believe in um, having to like work for something that doesn't bring you joy like work can be joyful mm, yeah and we've been fed this lie and i've been you know that's my my life's purpose i can't say when i figured that out uh. it's i feel like it's fairly recent 
it's a full moon tonight, so I'm like feeling extra energetic. Mm. But um, I just know that I'm supposed to live my life the way I truly feel will make me happy. And that'll be enough because I grew up in Highway City. I'm like, there's no, like, I grew up getting teased for like reading books, bless you. Or just like being <laughs> weird, you. bless you. Mm-hmm. And Thank so you. I'm like, there's other kids like that, like me. Yep. And people always ask why I moved back or like, why would you come back to your same house you grew up in? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. because there's amazing, magical people here. And I just wanted, I want to be that one person that I would have seen at 14. That would have been like, mm. hey, you're making art. You're fucking weird. You need to go for it. Yeah. And, I mean, it took me until I'm 31 now. It took me maybe, like, a couple years ago to realize, like, no, I'm really in this shit. And, like, I'm doing it for real. And I've been doing it for, like, 15 years. But, like, I've, I've consistently shown to be that bitch, you know? Uh, and accept Talk it. <laughs> Talk your so, shit. Talk like, your shit. I want to, like... My responsibility is to tell young people that they're fucking dope. Like, mm-hmm. I recently did a workshop or knowledge share um, on, like, Freaky Bana, which is, like, I guess it's a coin term. I technically can't say it. But it's, like, I would describe it as just making little mini sculptures out of whatever materials I bring, you know? Mm-hmm. And bringing it to these youth in Southeast Fresno where it's, like, maybe they haven't been shown all different kinds of art, you know? And they were in a room, like, I had just painted a mural at the same place, so it's, like, showing them the different ways to access art. And the whole thing with art, right, is make it accessible. Not everyone's going to want to paint, and I I just hate hearing people say that they're not creative. It's not true. Mm. Like, living in this day is being creative, like... Like, you got to be creative to survive this shit. Fresno's hardcore. Like, Facts. Fresno is very, very hardcore. And it's not a place that facilitates creativity if you're not keeping your ear to the ground or noticing, you know? Because obviously there's beauty everywhere, you know, in the way the wind blows. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get some beautiful sunsets. But if you can't see the beauty in, like, going to a neighborhood where there's, like, this amazing community garden that is, I mean, I guess technically urban gardening, but you don't have some white person telling you, oh, this is this, you know? Uh, like, we've been doing all this stuff already, and that's all I want to get across to young people. It's like, like, follow your fucking dreams, you know? Because there's adults here that, like, are jaded and still think they can, like, figure shit out the old way, and, like, no, like, we're imaginative people. You don't need to go to L.A., San Francisco, or... You can, but, like, you don't need to stay there. Like, magic is here, and we need more people to stay here that believe in those things because Fresno's a beautiful place. Um, we feed the rest of the nation like in multiple ways. And there's, what I tell my young people, is like, there's no one to tell you no right now, you know? Fucking do it. Like, if it sounds nuts, like someone put that in your mind for a reason. Whatever higher power you believe in, like, you could think of a million things, you know? Mm-hmm. And in Fresno, few things come to mind because, you know, we have shitty air. Mm-hmm. We don't always have grocery stores. You know, in my neighborhood, if a train comes, you just can't go to a grocery store. Sorry, mm. we're running out of time. We've got, like, <laughs> two minutes. Um, I just will say that Fresno is full of resilient-ass creative people, and we just need to foster that in each other and not buy into this competitive nature of, I need to, like, make Simpsons art and sell the most so I can, like, feel good. It's like, no, like set the fucking foundation for just creative lifestyle thought and acceptance like that's where art is at right now and we don't need to be in new york like yeah in the whitney biennial would be tight but that doesn't bring your whole community with you and if you're not bringing the people that made you who you are with you then um you're just an individualist and i don't believe in that gotcha you have any shout outs shout out to brenda who if you know i talked a lot of shit about 
um, gentrification and artists downtown. But if I didn't have this space, I would never have met my art soulmate Brenda, who we make um, video installation together. They're an amazing video artist. Um, and they're, they live in Highway City. We were neighbors this whole time and we didn't know it. Um, so yeah, it definitely brings people together having a, a space like this. And I'm not sure what the future will be like, but I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for you guys. Um, I met a lot of weirdos here that validate my existence. So. Well, we'll put your description in the comments. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Catch us again next week, same BS time.